while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Welcome to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus. Chris will be back tomorrow. I want to thank my special guest co-host from yesterday, former Sheriff Tom Hodgson. We had a great time as he filled in for Chris. It was great and uh, look forward to doing that with him again. Tonight's the Ward 3 Special uh, City Council Special Election Preliminary, which means the seven candidates in the field will be winnowed down to two candidates. Um, so that's the top two finishers. We're hearing there's some low turnout. But we'll be able to get live updates. I'm hoping to get live precinct by precinct updates. We, of course, have our field reporter out, uh, Adam Bass. Our uh, field reporter is out there getting all the information, too. And he's going to be calling in with regular updates on that. Hopefully you can hear from some of the candidates as well. So you heard from all of them last night. Uh, we got them all in in the eight o'clock hour and, um, you know, five of them will, will be, uh, will be gone by tomorrow. But to start the show, we're joined by city councilor at large, Ian Abreu. Ian. Hey, Marcus. Good evening. How are you? I'm great. Uh, so Ian, um, you're the first price, you're the first vice president of the city council. Uh, what does that designation mean? Well, thanks for having me on for a couple of minutes. I appreciate it. First vice president of the city council is the um, uh, is thrusted up into the leadership role of the council. Of course, you have the council president, then the first vice president, which is typically uh, always the immediate past president, then the second vice president. So you've got the president, first vice, and second vice. So um, I'm able to be trusted in uh, in the stead of the council president if uh, the current president can't make a meeting or if there's an issue or an emergency. And, uh, of course, uh, continuing to offer my institutional knowledge and experience to many of our junior counselors and counselors in general. I, uh, I'm happy to help my colleagues, uh, you know, along throughout the weeks and months and, and the last couple of years, especially those who have just come on, like, Councilors Pereira and Burgo, and um, I'll continue to do that uh, because um, I sort of want to pay it forward. I want to be able to give young counselors or those who just have a question uh, some advice and guidance, a little more than what I got when I first came on the council. So, Ian, we've got a, a special election today. Um, seven candidates uh, to replace uh, Hugh Dunn and the for the Ward 3 City Council seat. Have you spoken to any of them? Are you endorsing any of them? Do you have any predictions? Well, I'm not endorsing anyone tonight. Um, uh, and uh, I've had conversations with all of them at one point or another over the last two months or so since Councillor Dunn uh, decided to vacate his position to pursue his professional obligations. Um, even before papers were pulled, some of these folks and those who didn't even pull papers reached out to me to get the lay of the land. Not endorsing anyone yet or tonight. 
we'll see how it goes when the slate is cleared and we have two finalists uh, as of about probably 8.30, 9 o'clock tonight when we know who's going to be in the finals. But um, I will tell you, um, and you and I were talking about this off air, um, uh, whether or not you agree with uh, everyone's policies or not, and you think some people's policies might be a little more left or right or not in line with what your beliefs are, my opinion is that I believe everyone who's running in this race is taking this campaign seriously, mm-hmm. and that's a good thing to see. And uh, whether or not you agree with a Cabral or an Oliver or a Ventura or an Amaral or Bromley or whatever the policies may be, um, you can say that everybody's taking it seriously. Um, I'm following all of them on social media. I'm seeing their updates. Uh, they're out pounding the doors. They're out doing visibilities. They're out raising money. I mean, you've got uh, Amaral, who's being well-financed and backed, Bromley, who's well-financed and backed. Uh, you've got Sean Oliver, who, if you look at OCTF, put $5,000 of his own yeah. hearted money into his campaign to get his campaign up and running. It's yeah. um, a lot. There's someone who also has two kids, like Sean Oliver. If that's not commitment, I don't know what is. <laughs> put your right. own money in to take this seriously. Yeah. And everybody's working very hard. So um, the numbers are concerning to me. It's concerning when I'm speaking to a local reporter, and he's telling me that as of quarter past 10 in the morning today, uh, Hayden McFadden, which is precinct 3A, had only one, and I mean literally one vote cast in two and a half hours, or two hours and 15 minutes uh, from the polls being open. Um, so that's concerning to me a little bit. Um, the numbers have been trickling in more as time goes on. Um, I'm getting some updates from some camps about numbers, and one precinct has a little over 38, I believe. One has about 100. So it's picking up a little bit. It usually does, right? It usually picks up in three different times throughout the day. It picks up in that 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Uh, stretch before work. Mm-hmm. Then you get a pickup between about 11.30 to 1.30, 2 o'clock during people's lunch breaks. Mm-hmm. And then you get a pickup from 5 to usually 8 p.m. when folks go and vote after work. And there's someone who campaigns citywide, as you know, Marcus, that's kind of um, the peak times to get your poll workers and get people staffed because those are the optimal times to have coverage. Um, it's going to be interesting to see, uh, as I told you off air and I've said it on the air to people and even on the record, in my opinion, 20, 30 votes could swing this thing one way or the other. That's yeah. how racist it is. you get seven people, um, all of whom are running their own versions of hard campaigns. You've got even someone like a Kathy Dana, who's a good friend of mine, she has had the job. She's got name recognition. Um, so you've got to think she's in the mix, too, tonight. Um, you know, you've got Amaral and Bromley and uh, Dana and Ventura and um, a lot of people who are just really putting out the effort. Bob Cabral. Robert Cabral is a guy who has signs all over the ward. So does Sean Oliver. Does that connote? votes it's certainly visibility which is great and i love the visibility when i have my campaigns i I think i like to put a lot of signs out but is that going to connote to votes in this election i don't know we're going to have to see Uh, um you know we could get a curveball thrown at us tonight there could be somebody in the top two that we're not even considering um well the the seven person election that could definitely happen sure i'm sorry with a seven person election everybody trying their best that could actually absolutely happen for sure. Well, when you've got ballot positioning, you've got Amaral at the top, Ventura at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Does that count for something? I don't know. We'll have to see in about an hour.
Um, so, Ian, uh, if a candidate is going to win this race, what are the things that they would have had to done, uh, would have to do to be successful as someone who's well, had success in local races? Sure. One thing I am very happy about is that I've met with pretty much all the candidates that uh, to give them information. They asked me the issues of the ward. And, of course, I talked about the golf course, the Hicks Logan redevelopment, getting the advanced manufacturing campus at the golf course, um, get that RFP reissued and try to get investors in here to really punch that into the end zone. Um, but the main thing that I kept harping on with all of these candidates, and it was really taken to heart by the Emerald campaign, and I, um, you know, and I'm happy to see that. I said constituent service, constituent service, constituent service. You want to drive that home. We could talk about the big projects all day long, and that's all great for debate talking points are going on with Marcus Ferrell or Tim Weisberg or whatever, that's all great. But at the end of the day, the regular taxpayer in the city of New Bedford, they want their potholes filled, they want their streetlights turned on, they want their trash picked up, they want their schools well-funded, well-functioning, and they also want to make sure you're being fiscally responsible and you're giving the police, fire, and EMS departments the tools they need to be successful. They also want to make sure their roads get plowed if, God forbid, we have a major snowstorm. These are basic necessities that taxpayers come to expect. And especially when you're a ward counselor, when that phone rings, you better be ready to answer that call and give the service they deserve. So, Ian, uh, we're speaking with counselor at large, uh, Ian Abreu. So, Ian, committee committee assignments came out this week. Uh, You know, you'd given up your marijuana chairmanship um, to be council president, and now uh, the marijuana committee, you're the vice chairman, Councilor Baptiste is a chairperson. Do you have any reaction to the chairmanships? I mean, look, I, I'm, I'm ready, willing, and able to serve uh, uh, the, the people of the city any way I can. And um, whether that's chairing committees, not chairing committees, um, I was the president all of last year. I think we had a very good year last year um, when we talked about the ARPA, American Rescue uh, Act money, a uh, deal that we had got done to help in the rebuild of the city cutting more money out of the, the annual budget than we had in over 10 years, um, lowering the tax rate by over a dollar per thousand. It's a nice pivot. And residential. <laughs> you know, um, well, you know, it's true. I'm proud of the work I did last year. This year is a whole new year. I'm going to serve the people of the city, no matter which capacity I'm in, whether that's the chairman or not. Um, I'll have more of a reaction from that as time goes on. But, uh, you know, the residents of the city, they want to make sure that I'm going to be there to help them. And, and my record proves that. So it doesn't matter to me what committees I chair or don't chair. I'm going to do my job regardless. I'm a professional. I was elected to be a professional, and I'm going to continue to, to, to toe that line. So, I mean, would I have liked to, uh, to maybe have a, a chairmanship or two? Of course. But at the end of the day, um, it wasn't in the cards for me this year for a whole host of reasons to which I guess I can't explain. You'd have to ask, uh, you know, someone else, I guess. But I can't speak to that. But I'm going to do whatever i got to do to get the job done. So, Ian, um, uh, someone, a fellow member of the media is asking me, uh, because you have a very strong social media presence, um, Mm -hmm. stronger than probably most of the other councils, although other councils do have really good social media presence as well. But the city council itself doesn't have you know, I think could be a bit more present uh, on social media. Like, do you think there should be a city council Facebook page or do you think the city government should start live streaming the council chamber meetings? That I'm I'm still baffled to how that doesn't happen yet. 
Yeah, I would definitely be supportive of live streaming our meetings. And I know the argument as well, we're in regular session now. People can come down and we have to follow open meeting policy, which is true. But I mean, it's obviously, 2023. Kids, yeah, when you've got kids and you've got families, yeah. it's obviously more convenient to stream it from your home or from your smart device. So, yeah, I'd be totally supportive of that. And as far as the city council Facebook page, I'd be also supportive of that. But I guess the question would be who would have the, the, administra the administrator's uh, you know, credentials for that page? Would it be all 11 counselors or would it just be the cleric? We'd have to talk about that because imagine if there were 11 editors on the page, uh, counselors. And, sure, you know, I, I, I understand that. But at the very but least... I'm not sure, but I would be supportive of it. Maybe if there was a neutral party to oversee it, like maybe the clerk's office and then he, Dennis Farris, would put up the agenda, the motions, things like that. I think that could work. All right, so... Um but you do think that the council meeting should be live streamed, right, on, on social media? 100%, yes. So, uh, and I, it's my understanding it's a pretty simple hookup for the New Bedford Cable Network to do as well. Then why isn't hap uh, it happened? I don't know, but it has to happen. Um, I, I don't know, but that's a good question. We should, and uh, it's something I'll look into for sure. I'm not blaming it on you. I'm just, I'm just, no, I'm I just curious. No, I know. It's a new year. It's new leadership on the council, but I'll check into <laughs> that because I know that we, uh, it's something that was floated out last year when we had gotten back into in-person, but it never really took shape. But it is something that uh, has to happen because, yes, the meetings are open to the public and we're following all the protocol, but, you know, maybe... Uh, you know, maybe this is another avenue to engage the constituency because um, a lot of people do wonder what we're doing in the council chambers. And um, this is another form of transparency that I think could be long overdue. Uh, we're speaking with uh, city councilor at large, uh, Ian Abreu. Um, so, Ian, uh, just one more question before you uh, before I let you go. I do appreciate you joining me this evening before I let you go. Um, so. Mayor Mitchell said recently that he wants to take another look at the Morad pay raises. Um, you know, you you guys had voted to scale the uh, them down, um, and Mitchell set uh, to twenty five percent cap. Mitchell said that they still need to be reined in. So, are you going to reevaluate the the? Are you guys the council going to reevaluate the Morad pay raises? I'll be happy to look at this uh, once we have more information from the administration and Judy Keating and our. Uh uh, human resources office absolutely um uh, you know i was you know i, I was pleased that we were able to get a, 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 this deal done on an amendment at least to get this through so that we were able to some get something a little more palatable in uh just to get this on the books so that we can move forward with our retention efforts and our hiring efforts but if there's inadequacies here which there are some questions absolutely it's something that we all have to take a look at and i'd be supportive of that so um, the last thing I wanted to ask you, uh, there's a column on uh, that I wrote on WBSM.com that quotes you, but uh, I had asked, you know, we got most of the city councilors here on the record about the Ash Street Jail. Um, just for people who may not have read the column who want, you know, the rest of the com council's comments can be there uh, or are there in that column if they want to go look at it. But what, what were your what were your general thoughts on the potential closure of Ash Street? Well... I think it's long overdue. I think the jail had a lot of issues uh, and had a lot of concerns with um, the condition of, of the jail. And I know that uh, the sheriff did the best he could. And I think the staff there, uh, whom I, I care about very much, I used to work there, uh, they do a fantastic job as well. But inadequate facilities are inadequate facilities. And mm -hmm. 
it's something that um, it's long overdue, and I'm appreciative of this new sheriff honoring his campaign pledge to um, to reevaluate the situation. And uh, and like I said to you uh, in uh, my quote in your article, if the state wants to um, work with the city on allowing us to enter into a purchase and sales agreement for the property, I'd be all for it, similar to what we did with the armory uh, last year when I was the president. We took that off the state's hands. The state's investing $10 million into the roof to rehab the roof, and we're taking that property. Once that rehab is done, we're going to flip it, put it on the tax rolls. We'll put it on RFP for us for proposal and get it on the tax rolls and create housing out of it, which we're going to do. It will be, you know, hopefully some type of mix of affordable and market-rate housing. I can see the same thing happening in the Ash Street Jail, some type of industrial use, housing, warehousing, whatever the case may be, but... I would love to see that property get reestablished, reinvigorated, put back on the tax rolls because that's something that we could certainly use here in the city of New Bedford to grow our commercial tax base, and I'm supportive of that. Ian, thanks so much for coming on. Anything else you want to leave the audience with before I let you go? No, i got to tell you, Marcus, it's more fun me playing the pundit with you than me playing the politician. So, uh, it's, it's uh, you know, sometimes sitting on the other chair is not a bad thing. I <laughs> uh, look forward to it uh, on the primary, uh, the general election day on uh, February 28th. We'll have you call back in then. Anytime you need information from me, Marcus, or uh, you want to talk about city council happenings, you know where to find me. Sounds good. Thanks, Ian. Thank you. City Councilor at Large, Ian Abreu, uh, appreciate him joining me. We're going to take your calls and app chat messages throughout the evening if you'd like at 508-996-0500. That's how you can get on the program. A lot of local issues that are going on, uh, but of course the Ward 3 City Council Special Election Preliminary preliminary boy is that a lot to say is going on you you heard from the candidates yesterday with my guest host uh former sheriff tom hodgson we got a chance to speak with all seven of them uh here sheriff hodgson of course was a former city councilor and was able to i think um draw on that experience that he had um to to ask some really important questions of the um of the council so um yeah, 508-996-0500, also taking your messages on the WBSM app chat. This is South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow. We're also going to have Adam Bass, uh, Adam Bass, the Bass Attack. He's out He's out, he, He's out. out swimming around in Ward 3. Uh, he's, I can't think of any other, other Bass uh, analogies. What is it, Tuesday? It's Tuesday. I'm already out of steam. Sorry. <laughs> um uh, but Adam's out and about. Uh, he's going to be calling in regularly to give regular updates uh, on the preliminary election. Again, there's seven candidates. You have um, Carmen Amaral, Robert Bromley, Robert Cabral, uh, Kathy Daner, Sean Oliver, John Robinson, Jake Ventura. Did I miss anyone? I don't know. Did I? I don't think I did. I don't think I did. But 508-996-0500. That's how you can join me this evening. And uh, we're going to take a quick break now. And then we're going to come back on. Uh, it's election night in New Bedford. So uh, I'm Marcus Farrell. This is South Coast Tonight. 1420 WBSN. I'm Marcus. 508-996-0500 is how you can join me. Good evening. Good evening, Marcus. How hey, you doing? Hey, Tom. What's up? 
Well, a good exchange between you and the former council president. It yeah. seemed a little bit disgruntled on the committee assignments. So do you well, have well, like all... Well, frankly, the, him and Morad don't like each other. So... Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What I was interested it's in widely is known. Who, who... Do you have a list of who chairing what there? Yeah, like yeah. Well, the, actually, let me... Um, I have public a like, safety committee for one, and uh, appointments and briefings are the two I'd be interested in. One second, I got it right here. Um, <clears throat> all right, so, uh, so public safety. Looking at it now, um, Gomes is the chair, Baptiste is the vice chair of public safety, and uh, appointments and briefings is Carney. Uh, Carney's the chair, Burgo's the vice chair. Oh, that's okay. interesting. Interesting. But, but yeah. Ian didn't get any chairs. Ian got vice chairmanship uh of of cannabis. Uh and I think he got he got chair of internal affairs and labor and industry, it sound looks like. I didn't ask him about that. Yeah. Uh I don't know if that's you know I don't think yeah. it's one of the I don't think it's one of the uh you know the yeah. good ones. Uh, interesting. Uh, the other thing, maybe you could help me out with it tonight's election, because I, I got to believe that former incumbents got to have somewhat of an advantage. But does the Warm Sutter uh, Mill uh, entity, is that a voting spot? Or do no. they have to go to the, Hayden McFadden? The lofts, the lofts there, yeah. no, they're Hayden McFadden. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. And, and, and uh, when he was talking about. Um, Arthur Hirsch, I believe, was the one that reported it. There were three people that, this is from Arthur Hirsch at New Bedford Light, there were three people at, at, in the morning that had went to Hayden McFadden. Two, one of them was Jake Ventura, who lives in Wamsada, uh, yeah. in Loft. So, yeah. uh, very few people showing up over there. Yeah, they, they, the, from what I'm getting from the, uh, I'm, from what I'm getting on the ground now, uh, what I see is uh, that this was uh, this was at a few hours ago, and we'll, we'll get more updates. But seven people early voted on Saturday. Twelve absentee ballots have been returned out of forty-six requested. Four hundred and fifty have voted today in person. Wow! That was that, at, that was as of that was as of uh, as of of four o'clock. So it's wow. gonna be it's gonna be yeah it's gonna. So, you know, there's going to be a lot more people that come out after, I think, after the workday ends, but sure. not, not yeah. terrible, not like too, too much. Like, like I said, six years ago when there was a special election, it was, it was about 600 plus people that came, 680 something, I think was total. And yeah. that's probably what you're going to get again. It's probably going to be the same people for yeah, the most we're part. split up seven ways. You figure the top five could be within a 20 volt margin. I mean, oh, that's 100%. how close this could be, you know. So yeah, it should be yeah. interesting, and we should be able to find out somewhere between eight thirty and nine. You figure, right? Yeah, we're we've got a yeah we've got a reporter there, Adam Bass. Uh, so as soon as we as soon as as soon as they know, um, I'm hoping to get precinct numbers too. But yeah, the latest I would assume is eight thirty nine o'clock. It's just it's just one ward, you know. It's it's one yeah. ward, so it shouldn't take a heck of a long time. So but, is bass or white bass or a black bass? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to answer that question. <laughs> I knew I could stuff this sooner or later. But uh, is Chris okay? Chris is fine. Uh, I talked to him just a couple hours ago. Uh, he, yeah, he's fine. He should be back yeah. tomorrow. He had the idea of having um, 
uh, you know, Sheriff Hodgson uh, guest host with me yesterday, and just to see idea. how it was going. Yeah, it was it was yeah. it was fun, but he should be back tomorrow. Chris is fine. Yeah, I enjoyed talking with the sheriff regarding um, my help in his campaign when he was running. That was a nice exchange. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it brought back a lot, a lot of memories. And you know what was funny? After he uh, got elected, and then a, a little while later he got appointed as sheriff. Guess who took his place? Mark Zajac, my cousin. Oh <laughs> yeah, who uh, who he actually ran in the last uh, the yeah, last he ran war th last war three race. Yeah. Yes, he yeah. did. Yeah. yeah, good guy, good guy. He is. He's a good guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. But anyway, all right. Well, good luck tonight, and we'll be listening. For, and if we have any other comments later on, we'll be talking then. Yeah, sounds good. Give me a call. Yeah, see you, bye. All right. Um, yeah, so let's read the committee assignments if you haven't heard them yet. Um, so on the... <laughs> okay, just getting text messages. <laughs> Uh, okay. Um, let's read the committee assignments. All right. So that's what you guys really like. <laughs> I don't know. I got the um, I got the committee assignments. I think it's important, especially with all the talk of committees and the appointments and briefings committee and the Vogue Tech School nomination and the walkouts and all of that. So appointments and briefings. Councilor Carney is the chair. Uh, she was the chair last time. She's the chair again, uh, which will probably play a role in the next Vogue Tech nomination um, because she's, you know, seemed to express pretty strong feelings about how uh, she feels the admissions policy of Vogue should be. Um, and she's expressed that she has a close connection to Vogue. So that'll be interesting. Councilor Carney's the chair. Councilor Burgos, the vice chair of appointments and briefings. Now, the appointments and briefings committee is people who may not know. Uh, that means you're probably just tuning in for the first time because I think we've talked about this quite a bit. But the Appointments and Briefings Committee, basically one of their primary function, there's a few others, but their primary function is to um, to consider mayor's appointments to jobs and boards and commissions in New Bedford. So they, it's like a Senate confirmation process for like a cabinet secretary or a court justice or something like that. It's very similar to that. And so there was a lot of talk about the whole last year about whether or not Carney was uh, holding up nominations like the Vogue Tech nomination and a couple others uh, so that they, you know, for an opportunity to to vote them down. Shane uh, Burgo had walked out of an appointments and briefings meeting along with Ryan Pereira to basically get a um, to basically get a uh, oh, Christ almighty. I got some. Uh, I got some precinct number votes from, uh, from Chris McCarthy. Hold on. So, uh, so basically, yeah, so there was all that drama going on. So she made Burgo, so Council President Warren made Carney the chair and Burgo the vice chair. Uh, City Audit Committee, Lima is the chair. Pereira is the vice chair. City Property Committee, Giesta is the chair. She was the chair last time, I believe. Pereira is the vice chair. Uh, finance, Councilor Markey is the chairperson again. Um, he was chairperson last time, so uh, he's that's a, obviously an incredibly important committee because uh, you know a lot of the budget stuff and all of that. The ARPA money went through that, went through that committee. That's the money committee. Fisheries Council, GS is the chair. Uh, Internal Affairs Council, Abreu, Labor and Industry Council, Abreu. Ordinances, Council Prayer. So ordinances is interesting because ordinance 
is basically writing all of the city codes, right? Um, writing and amending all city codes. Incredibly powerful and influential committee. It's kind of like uh, the House Rules Committee, right, that everybody's been talking about in Congress. So, you know, a lot of things, most things have to go through there. And Council Pereira is going to be the chair. That was Hugh Dunn's chair uh, committee for uh, basically his entire tenure. And uh, so now she's she's given that to Council Pereira, which, you know, that's you know, it's a second year. It's a pretty good. Uh, it's a pretty good assignment. Public safety. Council Gomes, uh, Veterans Affair, elderly, youth, health, housing and, and disability issues. Uh, Gomes is the chair again. Uh, Carney's the vice chair. Uh, affordable housing and homeless affairs is Councilor Burgo. Uh, he's the chair again. That was a committee that basically he had started. You know, Ian Abreu had started it with him in mind, basically, with Councilor Burgo in mind, because Burgo's really made housing uh, his signature issue uh, during his time as um, as a councilor at large. And that's a, you know, a major issue for uh that's a major issue for New Bedford, not just New Bedford, but even, you know, everywhere, basically every town and city in the, in the country. Um, airport, Councilor Markey is the chair. Uh, the airport is in Ward 1, so makes sense. And then cannabis, we talked about that. Government Affairs, Lima is the chair. Memorials and Dedications, Councilor Carney is the chair. Uh, for the Traffic Commission, Gomes and Markey are the appointees to the Traffic Commission they were the last time uh, Energy and Resource Commission, Council Morad, School Traffic Committee, Council Morad, Sign and Design Review Board, Council Morad, TIF Board, Councilors Markey and Morad, Water Board, Council Carney, Condominium Review Board, Morad, Exhibition Hall Committee, Morad, Mayor's Youth Council, Council Baptiste. So that's that's all the committee assignments in case you were wondering. All right, we got to take a break. And, and I imagine if they, you know, they're... I don't know what's going to happen when the new Ward 3 city council comes in, whether or not they're going to. They're obviously not going to get a chairmanship until, you know, the next, until they're, you know, if they're reelected again and all that. Because they're not going to take someone's chairmanship away and just give it to a brand new council. But I don't know if they'll be stuck to any council. There will obviously be those those committees in the whole, like finance and all of that, where it's all the councilors in one committee, which they'll be a part of. I don't know if they'll be a part of any other committees that aren't committees in the whole. I have no idea how that's going to work. We'll have to see how it plays out. All right, going to take a break. We'll be right back. Listen to us live anywhere in the world on the WBSM app. Non-profit. Real-time reaction to everything that happens after the sun goes down. down the sun comes South Coast Tonight with Marcus and Chris is on WBSM. Low, 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 just like these turnout numbers. <laughs> Tana, uh, <laughs> oh my God, this turnout is wick is real bad so far. Uh, this is what I got from McCarthy, uh, Chris McCarthy. Uh, <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, 3A has 18 votes. <laughs> 3C has 19 votes. 
3E has 186 votes, and 3D has 125 votes. Uh, you know, there might be some precincts missing there, but that's that's the turnout for, <laughs> what, four or five precincts? 3A is 18, 3C is 19, 3E is 186, 3D is 125. Oh, that is really bad. That is terrible. Um, Turnout's been bad the last few years, honestly. Um, You know, in towns, it's a lot better. Percentage-wise, it's been a lot better. Uh, for sure, um, than than New Bedford. Like here in Fairhaven, even during the recall election, right? Sean took a special election. When they had a special election recall in Fairhaven, it was 20%. About 20%. And that's how many people needed to sign the petition to. 20, 20 something percent of the of the popular uh, of the of the vote uh, of the voters showed up in Fairhaven for the special recall election. There's going to be definitely a lot fewer than 20%, a lot less than 20%, I should say. The preliminary, the city council election two years ago was 10%. The city council election and mayoral election almost four years ago in 2019 was something like 13 percent 2017 was like 17 percent so i think the and then the year that charlie perry ran against mitchell i think that was 25 percent so again around 2017 2018 there has been a precipitous drop in voter turnout in the city, like a great deal. There was also incredibly low voter turnout this year. There was, I believe, New Bedford had the fifth lowest twice in the preliminary and the general, the fifth lowest election turnout in the entire Commonwealth. So, city needs to do more to get people voting. They really do. They really do. This is a, this is a, this, this is, that is, it's abysmal. It's, it's abysmal. And I don't know, shouldn't the elections commission be doing stuff to, to get people out there? Shouldn't they? I mean, again. I'm going to read these precinct numbers from Chris McCarthy. 3A, 18 votes. 3C, 19 votes. 3E, 186 votes. 3D, 125 votes. This is an incredibly important election. It's one of 11 people that's going to vote on a $450 million budget. Everybody's talking about, I heard people calling in asking about Voctech admissions and all that. This is going to be the swing vote probably on the next Voctech school committee appointee by Mayor Mitchell. That's going to have vote on those Voctech admissions, right? So, uh, this is a vote against the Morad pay raises, right? Or for it, I guess, depending on who it is. I don't know. Everybody else, everybody I've heard speak on it spoke out against it, but some people haven't said anything for it. But this is a vote for or against 
the more I'd pay raises, right? Those $50,000 pay raises that everybody's pretty upset about. <laughs> it's pretty bad. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. If you want to hear everything... On- <laughs> These numbers are so bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> so it turned out so bad. Oh my god, it's pathetic. So um <laughs> three three A is eighteen votes. 3C has 19 votes. This is from Chris McCarthy. 3A has 18 votes. 3C has 19 votes. 3E has 186 votes. 3D has 125 votes. Whew. Man. That uh, that could be updated at some point. That could be updated at some point. We'll see. You know, those aren't the final tallies. Polls are still open for three minutes or so. So if you're a Ward 3 voter, you can get to the polls real, real fast. Um, you can, you can vote, maybe be the swing vote based on those numbers. Maybe you're the swing vote. Maybe you're the one per <laughs> there, there could be seriously though. There could be like a, a recount situation with how bad the turnout is. Again, turnout's been dropping for a long time. I, I feel like the elections commission should do something about it. Um, but I feel like they promised to do something about it. Uh, but, um, I don't know. There's higher turnout in the surrounding towns for sure, uh, than that, than what we're getting tonight in special, even in special elections, even the defend Dartmouth, uh, vote that got like 25% of the town, right? The last, uh, Dartmouth election and they get like 25% of the town. So other towns are hitting like the, in the twenties for their elections. Bedford isn't. Be surprised if they break Ted. Seriously, it's bad. Someone's got to do something about it. But we're, it's still really important who this next city councilor is going to be in Ward Three. It's still incredibly important. So we're still tracking it. We've got Adam Bass. Uh, we've got Adam Bass. He's going to be calling in in the eight o'clock hour. The polls are about to close. As this hour closes, the polls are going to close. So we're going to hopefully get those results pretty soon. They've got to obviously the ballots have got to be brought to City Hall. They've got to be counted. And then we'll get the unofficial tallies. Still looking, uh, and I'll, I'll also be hoping to get the precinct numbers. Um, also be hoping to get the precinct numbers, um, too, so we can maybe get an early snapshot of uh, of what the race is going to look like when those final results come out. I know some candidates will be at City Hall tonight. I know some candidates won't be at City Hall tonight um, for one reason or another. Uh, some people like to show up, some don't. Some just have to send people there. I don't know if that adds to like a prestige or something. 